Hi everyone, welcome to the Preston Trail Young Adults Podcast. My name is Megan and we're so glad you're joining us for a little bit of time with God. In the month of October, our ministry has been talking all about identity, so we thought we'd dig in a little more this week. So grab your Bible, grab a journal, get ready for some really good questions, and come hang out with Amani and I. Hi Amani, how's it going? It's going great. Hi, friend. Hello. So we are gathering via Zoom tonight um, because we have a break from group this week because we're having a Halloween party. And so we kind of decided to instead do a little like devotional since we're having a Halloween party. Woohoo! Super exciting. So um, you guys will be listening to this after our Halloween party if you'd like to, but this month we've kind of been talking about the whole concept of identity, identity through Christ, um, priorities versus desires, that kind of thing. And so diving into that, we're going to kind of kind of go back to the beginning and look at like who we are in Christ, basically, because we really have trouble understanding that. At least I know. I would agree. So before, <laughs> and for everyone that is listening, this is going to be a question that you are going to answer as well. So feel to journal it. Feel free to talk about it with someone else, like whatever you want to do. But I'm ask Amani. Amani, who are you? Like, just give me some characteristics, things you do. Who you're really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Um... I think too, I mean, like you could, uh, it's such a, it's such a big question, such a loaded question, you know, who are you? It's a very Mufasa type question. Um, But I think it's really easy to instantly describe yourself um, by who you are culturally. Um, So I could easily say, you know, who I am is defined around my career or how much I do or how much I contribute. but I think who I am um, as a creation is um, I'm a daughter, I'm um, an artist, I am uh, empathetic, I am creative, I am optimistic, and um, free-spirited, passionate, um, and I, I, I'd say I'd say a, a pretty encouraging encouraging soul I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd say that sums me up right there okay well you just um knocked out of the park so we can just be done here we don't need to talk about this anymore oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. So my secondary question because usually when I ask this question like hey tell me about yourself who are you like that kind of thing I usually get like this is what I do for my job I um, the oldest sibling, I'm dating this person, I'm this many years old. Like that's usually the response that we get. Mm-hmm. Secondary question for you, which you have kind of already answered in your first question. And we're probably going to hear my dog jumping around half the time. Um, mm-hmm. My secondary question was going to be, who are you without telling me about your job, the people that you're friends with, your hobbies? anything like that like just tell me who you are oh that is so hard I think because <laughs> honestly answering answering the the first time I was kind of like okay I, fe- I feel like 
like, this is the direction that I should go. This is how I should view myself. But I'm definitely someone that, like, I think anybody that talks to me for five minutes, like I tell you right away, um, I'm, I'm passionate about my career. So like, if someone says like, who are you immediately? I'm, I'm normally like, oh, I'm an esthetician. I'm a makeup artist. I'm dating Marky Mark. I am, um, you know, I love my family. I do this. I contribute here. I work here. And it's, it's all like who I am is defined by what I do and by my works when, um, what I am actively trying to learn and to accept is, um, that before I was any of those things, I was, again, I, I was a child of God. I, and that sounds so churchy, but it's like before any of those things were there, I was a daughter and I, I was like, I'm again, like optimistic. And, and I have all these, um, beautiful qualities, which I'm, I'm very proud of, but I think I'm personally trying to actively remind myself of that and have that be my first response because if it's not my first response then and I'm defined by what I do then when what I do gets thrown out the window there goes my identity so it's like if I identify myself by who I'm dating or if I identify myself by where I'm working or who I'm friends with if anything happens to those categories then so does Amani as a person and that's not true and that's definitely something uh, culturally um, that is kind of drilled in our brains <laughs> um, where it's like, you know, the more you do, the more important you are, but you can, you, you have value just by waking up in the morning. And so that's something I'm actively trying to um, learn, but also accept because I can learn it and just doesn't apply to me. And I need to learn that it applies to me too. Yeah, I love that. Like, I completely agree. I even, you mentioned like having value with our job or having value with like the things that we do or who we're dating. And I even started thinking, so a couple of weeks ago, um, we had a discussion at Young Adults about, about identity. And one of the questions was, who are you? And a lot of people answered with like, I'm a brother or I'm, this is my job, whatever. And I see myself as like my job and my career is where I see myself the most. And that's because I'm like kind of where I'm most confident and where I feel really fulfilled. And if anybody knows me, they know that I'm a speech pathologist. Um, because Keller calls me out for it. Um, <laughs> but I have had a really, really tough year um, being a speech pathologist. And I'm currently just at the point where I, because of COVID, do not enjoy my job. And so a couple of weeks ago, that question, I was having a really rough week and Colby asked that question and I literally wrote down, I don't know. Um, mm. And that was so hard to see that knowing like, like my confidence was gone. I was so low. Um, I didn't even really want to come. Like I didn't really want to leave my house because I just felt so down because like my identity was gone, but truly it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but the place that I put my identity in is so it's, it's so rocky. Like it's not a stable mm -hmm. ground. Um, and so when that thing gets bad, it, it gets really bad. 
Yeah. And, and I would say too, like, it's, it, it's, it's really, really tricky to, to not, I, to um, pair your identity with what you do, because um, even if what you do is really good, like it can still run the risk of becoming an idol. Like what you do can be something that's absolutely fantastic, but then it can become more important than who you're supposed to be doing it for. And then like on the opposite end, it can be really hard to be defined by like what you do because um, we all do these things called making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And if we're defined by what we do, every time we make a mistake, that's where shame can creep in. And it's not like, oh, I made a mistake. It's, oh, I am the mistake. Ooh. And so, you know what I mean? And so it's like, we have to kind of be careful in, in learning, like, again, like learning. And I feel like I'm saying that over and over again, but learning and also accepting, because like, I don't know about you, but I've always had the hardest time of like, it's so easy for me to tell other people like God loves you and you're wonderful and a creation and you're made on purpose and all those other things, but I don't receive it for myself. And I think it's just as important to both give and receive when we're, when we're talking about something like this, because like identity, it it ties in with your purpose. And like you were saying, Megan, it's like when you were struggling with your job, like it can make you feel unfulfilled, which like makes you feel like you don't have a purpose. And we do. So just not in the yeah. like, things that we do all the time. Mm-hmm. We okay, have so super deep dove down into before we even have read scripture. So let's read a little bit. We're gonna read Romans 8, 14 through 17. It's pretty common, but we'll go through it and read it. Um, I'm reading the NIV translation, just so you guys know. For those, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Love That's good stuff. I know it's so good. Love it. So there's a ton to unpack just in those three, four verses, like a ton. Mm-hmm. But I know before we started, we were kind of talking about the history and kind of we always want to look at the context around those verses. Um, so mm-hmm. what were you like? What is happening outside of these verses? Yeah. So I think we have, I think we have two major areas that kind of give us a little bit of helpful context here. Um, One is like the historical context of, you know, heirs and co-heirs and things of that nature. I mean, I think modern day, this is something that might be a little bit unfamiliar to us because I think the only time we think of heirs, we think of either like Mufasa or Downton Abbey. And so it's kind of hard to think about like what would that world kind of look like? But um, Megan, do you mind explaining a little bit of what that would have been like this idea of heirs and co-heirs? Yeah. So at the time of Jesus walking with us together, um, 
heirs and co-heirs, the heirs were people that owned the land, that had the big jobs, that had the money. And the people that didn't, like, couldn't afford livelihood had the kind of blue blue collar jobs kind of thing not necessarily slaves but they had kind of the lower jobs if they worked long enough for a certain person they could be chosen by the family to be a co-heir so they could be brought into the family and kind of live as an heir with them um and so it says like where that like um, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So we've been added right alongside with Christ, which is insane to think about, like to think about, okay, I'm, I'm next to Christ. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, I think that's a really big concept. And I think like, again, like I was like, whoo, like that's, a, that's some good Bible. Like, whoo. Um, and, um, it's I I it's it's just so incredible to know that that's available to us. And um, if you don't mind too, I'd love to share. Um, you and I were also talking about like um, uh, if you haven't read Romans eight, it's an amazing chapter to dive into. But we found um, there's a little bit of clarity if you pair it with chapter seven as well. Um, and where chapter seven kind of. Um, pairs beautifully into chapter eight is it talks about this idea of, um, and like for those of us that have been in church for like a hot minute, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us have heard this phrase of being slaves to sin. Um, and so in, in Romans chapter seven, it talks a lot about what that looked like um, when we were slaves to sin, because it before um, before Jesus, there was this, um, this idea, there was this law and it was um, the law of sin and death. Um, and, and how we were, we were stuck in it. We were stuck in it. And, um, now through Christ, there's a new law, a completely new system, completely new world that's, that's involved in there. And, um, it's a lot of Bible, but I feel like I I really, really wanted to share this because it, it just, again, pairs with the idea of like, okay, now we are heirs. It's like before we were slaves to sin, meaning like we we did whatever sin told us to do. If sin told us to do, to do this, then boom, there you go. And it's like, you know, sin for you might be like, you know, I don't know, something, you know, crazy, but it can also be something as simple as like gossip. Like if you like sin could just tell you, you know, like I have the urge to talk about this person when they're not here and you do it. Like you have no control over when you sin or how much you sin or all those things. And it's like, we're just stuck to it. And so in chapter seven, um, and this is verse 18 for a little while, but <laughs> bear with me. Um, but um, chapter seven, verse 18, it says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And whew, even that alone is enough. I feel like most of us are like, whew, like I know I shouldn't be eating that cake, but here I am going to the fridge again. Uh, so it continues on it says for what I do is not the good I want to do no the evil I do not want to do this I keep on doing now if I do what I do not want to do it is no longer I who did it but it is the sin living in me that does it so I find this law at work when I want to do good evil is right there with me 
For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, raging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body of death. And so we hear, um, it's very dark, but we hear just this again, like they keep saying this war where it's like, I want to do good. I want to do the right thing, but I can't do it. I'm stuck to it. It won't let me go. Can someone just like break this cycle out of me? And then in chapter eight, right away, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Like that to me is like, who like old school, like praise and worship, jump up and down because it's like this chapter before we hear about like what a struggle this is, what a circle this is just over and over and over again of like, I want to do the right thing. I want to be identified as like a better person than what I am right now. But all I see when I see myself is all of the wrong that I've done and through this new law, through the law of the spirit of life, like not only am I not a slave to that sin, but God doesn't even see it when he looks at me. So it's like, I should be punished for all the sin that I have done. And there's, there's, there's no condemnation. There's, there's, there's nothing of it. It's like, Jesus is just like, nope, <laughs> like you good, <laughs> like you fine. So I think that paired with this idea of it's like we were stuck doing all of these, you know, different things. And now we're not stuck there. And not only are we not stuck there, but we get to move to like the top tier and we get to be heirs and like live side by side with Jesus. Like that's huge. That's huge. It's insane. Like absolutely insane. And I really think like you talking about, or not even you talking about like verse chapter seven, talking about like we are so drawn to sin and we're just in a circle of like why can we not get out of this and I really like that directly correlates with our identity directly mm-hmm. not being able to identify with who we are and putting our worth in other things and putting our identity in other things it directly correlates um because I mean we just it's all it's I mean, I don't even want to say it's all sinful, but like, it's all just of the world. Like our jobs are of the world. The people around us, like they're all part of the world and having an identity with Christ, like being like, oh yeah, I'm the daughter of Christ. Cool. But it's not like a physical thing. And so it's, it's really hard to find fulfillment from that. Mm -hmm. So what would you say? If I can ask you a question, my dear, um, what, what would you say in, cause, cause again, like you said, like, like living in the world is, is very much like, and I know that's a phrase we use a lot in church, but it's like living in the world looks like I'm defined by what I do. If I, I am a good person, if I do good things and I'm a bad person, if I do bad things, what would it look like if we lived in the world knowing that that's not true and that our identity and our value is deeper than that? What, what could that look like 
in, in, in the real world? What would that, what would that thought process look like? How would we carry ourselves? What do you think, what do you think that'd look like? So I've been asked a similar question and the question I was asked was like, how, like, what do you think the world would look like if we lived a truly authentic life? Like if we were just completely authentic with who we are, we're like, these are the struggles that I go through. This is, this is what's like, let me be vulnerable about this. And I really think like having your identity in Christ is just a huge area of vulnerability because while it is the strongest like the strongest floor we can stand on, it still feels very nerve wracking to stand on that floor. Even though knowing like Mm -hmm. standing on my identity and my job is like melting ice. I'm, I'm just losing footing at all times. For some reason that one seems more stable to me than the floor of Jesus. Mm. And Mm-hmm. when I got asked the question of like what do you think the world would look like if everyone lived a truly authentic life and I'm like I to have that I don't think that I would ever be able to imagine that unless like there was no sin in the world mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Jesus has come back we have had everything and the sin has been completely healed. We are no longer broken. I truly don't think we could all fully understand and fully grasp our identity in Christ without not having brokenness because that brokenness constantly pulls us away. I will say too, I think that um, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought up brokenness because I do think that a a part of our identity, at least living in like, in, in, in the world as it is right now, I think a part of our identity is synonymous with that brokenness, but it doesn't stop there. That's the kicker is that like, like, yes, it has. Cause I, I think if we lived a life that was more authentic and, and yes, it's vulnerable, but I think if we show people, Hey, here's where my scars are it also opens up the conversation where it's like, here's where my pain was, but God still healed it. And it was like, here's where my struggle is, but God is healing it or is working through it or already has healed it or not only healed it for me, but healed it for my friend. And it's like, cause I think, I think when we take our brokenness and hide it and we're afraid to share it, that leads us closer to isolation than it does to community. You know what I mean? Cause I think I don't think we were meant to do this life alone. And I think it's, it's very, very vulnerable, but like, I think it was, um, <laughs> I think it was one of the Oglesby's that told me um, the part of your story that you don't want to share is the part of your story that someone probably needs to hear. And I think we all are walking around with these struggles and these pains and these issues. And um, they're, they're chipping away at our identity. Whereas if we, if we share it with someone, if we, if we come to each other in love and everything, like it can lead us more so to like healing, you know, like, you know, like take up your mat and walk. It's like, Hey, like this mat shows that I couldn't walk at some point. This mat shows that I didn't start off happy rainbows and unicorns. Like I started off in pain. I started off in struggle, but that's not where it stopped for me. You know what I mean? And I think a big thing 
with the story of Jesus that I, I hope like everyone can take away is that there's there's hope. Like, and that even counts for identity. If you feel that your identity is something that you're not proud of, it's probably just not done yet. Like you, like it's, it's, you're, you, you might still be like, cause there, there's, there's so much more to your identity than, than you might think that there is right now, <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, wherever that brokenness is, that's not, that's not the period. That's not the only thing that you are. So like, when you describe like who you are, if you say that I have like some brokenness, that's not the only part about you, you know? Yeah, that's not, that's definitely not the only part. And I really like, so you mentioning like, oh, I'm healing from this. These are the areas of my brokenness. One, I, it's definitely something that has to be talked about. Um, like I was kind of talking about in Romans eight, when we go to the next section. So the next section, if you're reading NIV is present suffering and future glory. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us for the creations wait in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory to the children, glory of the children of God. Um, I mean, I think talking about brokenness, it it's really, it's talking about suffering and it's talking about all of the places that we are just experiencing hurt and a need for healing in our life, but it becomes, it, it becomes part of our identity. It becomes mm-hmm. part of our like relationship with God because that like your relationship with God, you've had different kinds of suffering. The original relationship with God, like what is intended to be is that we like live in perfect harmony with him because of brokenness, our relationship has changed. Um, and we're like fully able to walk away from God and handle suffering on our own, do whatever we want. Um, and that changes our identity. Mm-hmm. We are. And I think too, it's like it's important to know that like any, any bit of that, I'm, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's like any bit of that suffering and any bit of that brokenness, like is not a surprise to God. Like this isn't something where it's like, Oh, like you are an heir to my kingdom until you mess up again. Like, that's not, that's not how it works. Like Jesus called Peter the rock ever, like way before Peter ever denied him three times. And Jesus knew way in advance that that was going to happen. And he still called Peter the rock, you know? So it's, it's, I think, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm so glad that, you know, like there's the hope and stuff. Yes, completely. I am so glad that there is the hope. So glad. Okay. Well, we definitely, dove into that passage like crazy um yeah before we finish up I have one more quote that I heard about today actually and so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the quote to you and then I'm gonna ask you a question kind of going along with identity okay yeah so Brene Brown we all love her she's great love here's the quote Courage is a heart word. The root of the word courage is core, the Latin word for heart. In one of its earliest forms, the word 
courage meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Over time, this definition has changed, and today we typically associate courage with heroic and brave deeds. But in my opinion, this definition fails to re recognize the inner strength and level of commitment required for us to actually speak honestly and openly about who we are and about our experiences, good and bad. Speaking from our hearts is what we think of as ordinary courage. What's your first? Ruben. Brene Brown. I know. We're all thinking of it as ordinary, but it's way more intense. Listen, she just comes at us with these quotes, and I'm just like, I didn't ask you to put a magnifying glass to my heart here. I didn't ask you to. <laughs> oh, man. This, this, this quote hits me on so many different levels. Um, as Megan knows, her and I are both proud Enneagram fours. So the, <laughs> so the search of like identity and, and all these other things, it's like a, a really, really big topic. And I think, I think for me, like, um, courage is a word that's been popping up a lot lately. And for me, it's kind of been like the courage to I think that's why I keep saying accept so much today is just like to accept my identity because I feel like I keep looking around for other people to tell me it is okay to accept my identity because I feel like I know, I feel like I'm finally at this point in my life where I know who I am. I'm just looking for someone to give me the permission that that's okay. Oh. Um, if that makes any sense. Say that again. Who, who are we giving the power to give us that permission? Right, right. I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, just like a little bit of everybody, you know. And it's it's just like I I I look for all of that. And even just, you know, like we talked about vulnerability. I have no problem being vulnerable right now. It's just like even even just in like how she was saying, like ordinary courage. Sometimes I feel like I need to say less. Not so much because it's like, like, I know there's always a balance between like, okay, talking and it's just like, oh, you just keep going on and on and on. Nobody gets the chance to speak. But other times I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm talking and I, I genuinely feel like I have some good news to share. And there's this voice in the back of my mind that says what you have to say isn't important or what you have to say doesn't matter or what you have to say is like, like nobody cares. <laughs> like when it comes down to it, it's like nobody cares. But I think the courage, especially for me to say it anyway, it's, it kind of like, it, 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 it puts some of the, the power back in my corner because it's like, oh, it's like, you know, like there's a voice telling me that I shouldn't speak, but I spoke anyway. And it's like, huh, you know, and like those little itty bitty like acts of what did she say ordinary courage I almost said daily courage I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand and it does um yeah it, it it just kind of like it it confirms because it's like I have to remind myself I'm like okay whatever whatever is coming out of me it's like God made me and God makes good things therefore I am good because he made me so I need to stop breaking myself apart because what he makes is good and he made me. So therefore I must be good. <laughs> so 
yeah, oh, that quote is, woo, there's a lot in that quote. It really, and I think it really, there's a lot to unpack in it. And I always love digging into like the Latin meaning of the words mm-hmm. because it really changes the way we see things immensely. Mm-hmm. But I really think like kind of what we were talking about is like our main identity. I mean, I have, I have tabs in my Bible of the, the, the places in the Bible where Jesus says who we are because of what he says, like what, what he says. Um, like I am a new creation. I am a daughter. I am righteous. I'm free. And these are all because of God. Like they're, they're not anything that I did. Mm -hmm. So I have tons of tabs in there, but I truly think like we, our main identity is like, we are a child of God. We are free. We are a new creation, all of those things. But because of the way that our world is like the brokenness of our world, we have this extra part that honestly to me makes it a little bit more exciting. Like it gives mm-hmm. extra extra things happening. Um, and that's like, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's the bad. And, but I think like our identity is being able to live out like the whole truth of it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, my dog hacking in the background. It's fine. <laughs> Hi, Darcy. Being insane, per usual. Mm-hmm. Well said, though, friend. Well said. Yeah, I think kind of just living the whole truth. But but I really think that, like, we all just come back to the question of why can't we do that? Why can't we accept the identity that God gives us? Well, I think kind of the nice thing to know, too, is it's like, you know, whether we accept it or not it's still truth and it's like you know it's it's not dependent on whether we choose to accept it or not I just think new things open up for us when we do choose to accept it because like you know like God's not fickle like he's not going to again take away that your 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 place of being an heir you know, based off of that, it's like, it's, it's still true, whether we choose to accept it or not. I just think at some point, it's nice to stop fighting it <laughs> and to kind of like accept it. And it's like, oh, well, you know what? It's, it's, it's kind of nice seeing myself through God's eyes rather than myself deprecating eyes. Like, hmm, I kind of like this a little better. <laughs> if I believed all the positive things that God says about me, since he knows everything about me, rather than me looking in the mirror and being like, no, I don't believe you. I'm ugly. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's like you know what let me try it your way for a little bit oh look at this I'm having good days who knew seriously mm-hmm. okay well this was an amazing conversation we have tons of for people to answer tons of things to unpack but before we kind of finish up you know how I am about meditation prayer so I really want to kind of end this on some meditation. You good with that? Sounds great to me. Okay. So I think it would be really purposeful for us to do a breath prayer because it's very simple. And honestly, we've talked about like how simple this is, but it's so complex. 
And I think that's kind of where we, what we do with prayer is it's, it's really very simple, but we make it so complex and it like keeps us from doing it because we're like, no, I don't have the right words. I can't, I can't do that. And so what I love about the breath prayer, I learned about it recently is the simplicity of it and like the easiness of it. It's Sounds good to me. Okay. So I'm going to explain what we're going to do. And then we will dog hacking in the background, eating a dryer sheet. That's fine. Um, everything's fine. Bethany's going to get her. <laughs> Whatever. So I'm going to explain what we do. So basically the breath prayer, it's just like breathing. You inhale and you exhale. On the inhale, you address the divine. So you can say Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Father God, whatever you want, however you like to address God. On the exhale, you plead for God. So today we're talking about identity, identifying ourselves. And so let's have a plead that's like no more than four to five words that's like asking God to help us identify ourselves. I really, I think I kind of want to go with like our whole truth at the end of like, God, help me live my whole truth. Mm. Yeah. I also like um, asking him to teach me who I am. Ooh, let's do that one. (laughs) I like that one wow okay we're doing that (laughs) okay (laughs) so what we will do is we'll do let's do 10 10 deep breaths so we'll do that for 10 deep breaths I will I will say it that I don't want to say incantation because this isn't Harry Potter I will say the prayer (laughs) You just deep breathe, and then everybody else, while you're listening to this, you get the opportunity to deep breathe. So here we go. Okay, so on your inhale, you can address God. Heavenly Father, teach me who I am. 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 Amen. I like already feel at peace already. Man. Same. I got a cheesy grin on my face. I feel great. We can't see each other because we were trying to make sure the audio was good. And so we can't see each other during that. It's so sad. But, okay. I loved unpacking this. I obviously absolutely love doing podcasts with you. It's the most fun because we've done it multiple times. Thanks, friend. I always have a blast. I'm always like, yeah, let's do it. I love <laughs> podcasting. Let's do it. It's the most fun. Okay. Yes. 
well have a good halloween party everybody or have a good halloween this will be after the halloween party so never mind have a good night night. or good morning whenever you're listening to this bye guys bye